When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey and we're qualified London Blue Badge tourist guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London podcast and on our websites guideemily.com and alexlacey.com for information about our upcoming walking tours, virtual tours, as well as what the Blue Badge Guiding Qualification is all about. Hello, Emily. Hello, Alex. Hi, how are you? I'm good, my love. How are you? I'm very well, very well. Get a bit chilly, but all good. All good. good. Yeah. And are you feeling a little tingle of Christmas? <laughs> tingle of Christmas. A little bit of festive joy. Yeah, I'm getting festive now. I'm getting festive. Nice. Um, we're, what are we, a week or so away from Christmas? Yes, not long. Gosh. You all ready? All sorted? Well, <laughs> I don't think there's much to do this year. No, there really um, isn't. I think Amazon is probably getting a good deal out of me because most <laughs> of our shopping is done online. I shouldn't really say that. The people I'm buying presents for are probably listening. Um, <laughs> We're not sponsored by Amazon. Not sponsored by Amazon. <laughs> not no. sponsored by anyone. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, who wants to sponsor us? <laughs> um but yes yes i feel it's it's weird this time of year i always feel like it's it's weeks and weeks until the end of the year but it's literally just a couple of weeks and that's it yeah mm. i know it's mad isn't it and uh, what a year it's been what a year come Gosh. on bring on 2021 and uh, and better things i think yes please Yay. fabulous well um thank you all for coming back and listening um i have some uh, exciting news this week Ooh. we have been uh, included in uh the top 35 uk travel and culture podcasts uh, yes by um a, a, a website that's, that's ranked us at number 11 number 11 high five alex i know i'm pretty impressed that and we're on with people such as the national trust podcast and all sorts of things so yeah i think that's really lovely i think that's great and it's down to all of you guys listening out there so thank you so much yeah thank you we're really appreciative and uh, and long may it continue exactly (laughs) and i have to say alex people were absolutely loving operation mincemeat really me yeah i had a couple of messages from people saying you know they weren't really into world war ii or anything to do with kind of you know the war um but absolutely loved it so interesting 
I had a couple of people message me to say they were surprised that you, the goth guy, didn't go for the defrosting of the feet. <laughs> oh, I was. <laughs> it was close. It was close. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Your gothic sensibilities. <laughs> I've toned it down this week, actually. There's Have not you? too, yes, not too I mean, much there's a little bit of tragedy, but um, there's, <laughs> it's, it's quite lighthearted this week. Hilarious. Well, we'd better find out uh, where the podcast pedestal went last week. Oh, um, yes, I'm not feeling very confident. You're not? You're no, not. Okay. I'm not. I think I, I rushed... I rushed that idea. I mean, I think anyone reading that would have definitely have gone for the pocket litter. Right. On the polls. But I could be wrong. So the just to remind people what the options were for Podcast Pedestal last week, um, after Operation Mincemeat, we heard about the um, very daring, uh, it, it, yeah, um, devious plot, really, to kind of uh, reroute the Nazis with uh, this, this sort of very elaborate plan which which amazingly worked and uh the two options that you had to pick from were the pocket litter so all the stuff that they filled his pocket with in order to kind of create a proper biography and backstory and then emily's choice which was the briefcase attached to the arm uh which clearly was you know filled with with the important documents that all the nazis wanted to get their hands on and find out what was going on so you think it's you know you're, you're not very confident this week well only because i've seen I've seen the polls. Oh, I've seen I've your seen, poll? Well, I've seen my poll. And I did have a brief look at our poll, our joint poll. Okay. Um, <laughs> before it had ended. And it wasn't, it wasn't in my favour at the time. Okay. Well, I have to tell you that it's, it's pretty close again this week. Gosh, it always is, isn't it? Yeah. It's 54 to 60. <gasps> which is pretty close. And I have to say that uh, my um, followers oh. on Instagram completely let me down. You won. <gasps> oh my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so shocked. I literally feel like I've just won an Oscar. <laughs> wow. There we go. Oh, that is such a relief. <laughs> if I lose this one, I'm trailing behind for weeks. I'll just write you off. Exactly. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much, guys. Congratulations. It's a well-deserved win. Gosh, absolutely <laughs> fantastic. But still so close, as you said. Um, so what are we now? So we're 6-5. Six, 6-5 five. Yeah. Six, five to you. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's happy everybody she is very happy <laughs> bless her not a not a, a good loser are you <laughs> no i'm really not really really not won't be smashing anything this week so that's good <laughs> well let's see let's see right well um listen where are we going this week well, the wheel last week landed in the Thames. It it's right in the middle of the Thames. Right in the middle of the Thames. It's a soggy one. Yeah, we got our feet wet. But it's okay because I decided to choose um, an event that happened on the Thames, uh, uh, kind of a handful of times really. And this is the Frost Fairs. These are fantastic. I love the stories of the Frost Fairs because they're so, they sound like something out of, I don't know, some kind of sci-fi book or whatever. You think, how on earth is this possible? But it really is amazing. Yeah, it really is. So a frost fair. Let me describe a frost fair. So it's 
pretty much like an illegal rave mixed with a Christmas market and a circus. Oh, it's like like around your uh, your house every weekend then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, um, but colder. <laughs> so yeah, so it's a time when the River Thames freezes over, and people think I'm going to utilise that space. I'm going to utilise that area. I'm going to get on the ice. And we're going to have a bit of a party there. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be people selling their wares. And this, it, well, it turns into a, a fair of joy and excitement. Yay! That's Yay. What we need. Can we have one of those this year? Yes, please. Um, and it has been recorded that since around 695 AD, when it was first written that the Thames froze over, um, the Thames froze over about 23 times from then up until the middle of the 19th century. And it's only about a handful of times that it was thick enough to have a frost fair. Yeah, because that's going to have to be pretty thick, isn't it? Yeah. And when I say the River Thames, I don't mean the whole River Thames. I mean, the River Thames is 215 miles long. Um, I mean a section from London Bridge, Old London Bridge, up to Blackfriars Bridge. A pretty compact section. Yes, exactly. And there's a couple of reasons why it froze over. I mean, one of the main reasons is due to the climate. It was a lot colder back then. Um, you know, you had this geological climate change, volcanic eruptions, there was uh, not much sun activity. And also London Bridge itself. And if you remember, Alex, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about the fire in 1212. We did, just before lunch. We did. And we talked about the old London Bridge, which had buildings upon it, little markets and a church. And underneath you had 19 arches. Mm. So if you've got the river moving, as it does, plus it's a tidal river, and it's moving, from the east going towards old london bridge mm -hmm. once the river starts to hit those 19 arches and all of the arches were uh, different sizes as well it's going to slow the pace of the river down to the point that it's so slow that it starts to freeze because mm. it creates it, a kind of weird isn't it sort of thing because it's yeah because the river's quite fast flowing really yeah. And back then, you know, the river used to be a lot wider. It used to be a lot shallower. Mm. Today, we have the embankment on both sides, um, which reduce the, the, the width of the Thames. And the river is certainly a lot more uh, quicker. Mm. And the temperatures are a lot higher than we used to see. Yeah. It's amazing to sort of think that, that the river is so different to what we know it as today because you kind of think of rivers as i mean obviously you know going back to gcse geography you remember about you know sort of erosion and rivers changing paths and ox oxbow lakes anyone remember an oxbow lake um oxbow lake. <laughs> Gosh, oxbow lakes. Back. and um but yeah you know you kind of always just assume that a river is constant and unchangeable but we've changed it we've actually narrowed it which makes it then even well not faster flowing but you know even more of a tide it's it's Quite amazing to think that it's, it does change every time. Yeah, completely. And before we get into the excitement of the frost fair, you know, what were people <laughs> doing on the ice? What were people buying? Uh, what were they talking about? Before we get into that, you know, the the fact that the river froze over was actually a really scary time, and there was a, a particular 
great frost in 1683 to 1684. This is, they say, the uh, the worst frost recorded in England, the Thames was completely frozen. And when I say completely, I mean the whole of the Thames. Wow. It was frozen for two months <gasps> with the ice reaching a thickness of 12 inches, which is about 28 centimetres, which is just <laughs> ridiculous, isn't it? Um, a lot. And it was solid, not just on the Thames, but also around England. I think it kind of went out two miles, two yeah. miles from the coast. So we're just trapped in this kind of um, this this frost, which would so have been sort of mini ice age going on, wasn't there? This this weird kind of very short cooling of of the the atmosphere for a while. Yeah, and it would have been very problematic for farmers, you mm. know, not being able to grow their crops. Um, a lot of people probably wouldn't have um, been able to survive in those temperatures, especially you know in the Middle Ages when people's homes are you know, not sustainable to, yeah. to have that much ice upon them. And also in terms of trading, as from the 1600s, 1700s in particular, you had lots of boats coming up the Thames, but this obviously couldn't happen because mm. of the ice. Um, and it was reported in the London Gazette newspaper, mm-hmm. 31st of January, 1684, um, because it was brought to a halt because it was so bad. You know, there was no commerce, people couldn't get wow. food into London, it was a pretty scary time. Goodness. Yeah, you, because we, we have discussed in the past about how London is, you know, it, it's based around the river and how important the river is mm-hmm. for everything, really. Exactly. And I have found a quote written by the diary writer John Evelyn. And this kind of sums up the, uh, the, the feeling of fear, actually, during this time. He also writes about the, the fun at the fair, but this kind of sums up how, how kind of it would have affected lots of life and nature. So he writes, the fowls, fish and birds and all our exotic plants and greens universally perishing. Many parks of deer were destroyed and all sorts of fuel so dear that there were great contributions to keep the poor alive. London, by reason, for the excessive coldness of the air, hindering the accent of the smoke, was so filled with steam of the sea coal that one could hardly breathe. Wow, that's very atmospheric. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, let's talk about the fun at the fair. <laughs> yes. we've, we've, we've gone down the goth guide route. Let's, let's pick it up a bit. <laughs> so um, first of all, you know, if suddenly the Thames froze over and you saw lots of little tents and you saw people selling certain things, would you personally want to get on it? Yes, in a heartbeat. Would you? Yeah. Yeah, I guess now, because there would be police, you'd have people kind of checking that the frost was, you know, uh, sustainable for people to stand on. You'd be watching, waiting to see if anybody died, wouldn't you? I would. I'd have my binoculars out. I'd be like, oh, God, that one's going. Oh, she's slipping. Oh, she's gone down the hole. <laughs> no, I'd be on that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, so when the frost first started to happen, you would have all sorts of merriment. There would be dancing, there would be football, there would be nine-pin bowling, there would be puppet plays. More, pu- more puppet baiting, executions. More puppet executions. <laughs> Just drop them in the ice. Um, fox hunting, which is a bit of a weird one. Mm-hmm. Um, unlicensed gambling, people selling food, gingerbread, gin. There would be shoemakers. 
So you'd be like, oh, you know, the, the shoe shop isn't open down the normal street. So I'll have Up a little look river. to see, yeah, to see if it's on the river. Um, there would be pubs, there would be bars with names such as Moscow, The Crown, The Anchor. Moscow? How funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I guess relating to the fact that it was so cold. Yeah. Um, the throwing of cocks. Excuse me now? <laughs> the throwing of cocks. So this was um, a brutal sport that started around the 1400s and went on till about the middle of the 1700s. And in Bristol, um, about the middle of the 1600s, it was forbidden. So cock throwing was forbidden as well as cat and dog tossing. I mean... <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Try and keep a straight face, Alex. For heaven's sake. <laughs> um, so yes, forbidding cock throwing as well as cat and dog tossing, <laughs> which was <laughs> resulted in a riot, apparently. Um, I know, I know. But just just awful, you know, the idea of cock throwing, like the cock rule, which is obviously what I'm talking about talking about. Um just being kind of thrown around, landing on the ice while somebody's, you know, playing a bit of football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's you to bring it down. <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just telling you what happened. You know, it's your mind, isn't it? It does um, take me back to the sausages on sticks, though, that I was talking about at the Mayfair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all the fun at the fair all the fun at the fair um now also you would have souvenir cards so a little bit like you know if you go to the theater and it's quite exciting because you haven't been for a while or there's a particular production that you know really means a lot to you you'll keep that ticket stub and it will have the date it will have your name on it well this used to happen on the river when it froze over you could purchase souvenir cards which had your name on it it had the date mm-hmm. um and even charles ii purchased one and you can find the one that Charles II, King Charles II purchased in the Museum of London. Oh, wow. Um, the Museum of London has a fabulous collection of different things uh, relatable to the frost fairs and also some amazing images, some pictures, which really kind of give you a visual aid of the excitement and how many people would have been on the ice um, altogether. And this little um, kind of ticket stub, if you like, that was bought by King Charles II. The lovely thing is you can tell there's a crease in the middle and the Museum of London talk about how lovely it is that you can imagine that he would have purchased it, folded it up and put it in his pocket. pocket. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah, and now it's in the Museum of London. And um, if you went up to the man who was printing all these little things out, there would be on a board apparently a little bit of information and it would say, you that walk here, and do design to tell your children's children what this year befell. Come by this print and it will then be seen that such a year as this has seldom been. Oh, I love and, that. Yeah, and I think it, it reminds us like how, you know, a lot of people would have wanted these little ticket stubs, if you yeah. like, because they wouldn't know when a frost fair was going to happen again. Because remember, the, the Thames froze over 23 times from about 695 AD mm. to the middle of the 19th century. And only about a handful of times, five or six times, we know there were frost fairs. So actually, even the freezing of the Thames would have been quite a, 
a kind of exciting thing it's not that it happened every year so people would no. have it would have been quite a, a kind of oh my goodness it's frozen type thing you know which exactly exactly and have a as well temperatures would, be, yeah. would have been um, well below freezing i mean today you know if uh, during our winter months it might go minus one probably when we're asleep but generally it's it's not that cold mm. but back in the 16 17 early 1800s it was going about minus three minus four wow. and usually the frost fairs would happen in january so it would right. start to become very, very cold. It would ice over in December, but to make sure it was thick enough for people to go on and to put up these tents for mm. fires to occur inside the tents to keep people warm, yeah. um, for football and all sorts of activities, which would have meant a lot of running around and moving the ice. Yeah. Then they usually waited until the middle of January to make sure it was thick enough. Yeah. Sensible. Yeah. Um, something else that was found and is now in the Museum of London is a silver spoon um, mm. dating back to the time that King Charles II was at the Frost Fair in mm -hmm. the 1600s. And on this spoon, you've also got the date engraved. And I, I guess this would have been a little treasure, a little trinket that someone could have purchased to remind yeah. them of their time at the fair. I love it. So it's, you know, all these guys hawking souvenirs and they're kind of same thing that we would do now on a, you know, you go, go somewhere on your holiday and you pick up a, a bit of tat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> little silver spoon, little bit of tats. <laughs> Um, there would also be um, a ceremony of roasting a sheep. Oh, yeah, Classic. so um, food was a big thing that, mm. that brought people onto the ice, you know, wanting to have a little bit of meat, wanting to, to have a lot of alcohol as well. So there would be a ceremony of roasting small sheep. Mm -hmm. um, this would be toasted over a, a coal fire, placed in a large iron pan. Um, it was a shilling a slice and it was termed Lapland mutton. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> never wants to be factually accurate but go with a the theme i love it no it was served by a man who wore a father christmas costume <laughs> it wasn't really um also the fair you know it was such a popular event especially when we get to the last one which i'll talk about soon which was in 1814 there was um pretty much a road going through the whole of the ice it was um basically a city road it was signposted the city road and on either side of the road you would have all of these stalls That's and amazing. people milling around um yeah there'd be like baskets of hot apples games of skittles and you kind of think to, to be able to sort of roast a, a mutton or you know have heat on the ice as well it's clearly incredibly secure and and you know were there ever any occasions where uh, they slightly misjudged it and uh, ended up falling well, through the ice or anything. Yes, and I will come to that in a moment. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of, yes, a couple of tragedies. Wouldn't be you happen. if we didn't. No, of course. But it, it's bound to happen, especially because there, there wasn't any police. You know, the police force was 1830s. Although we had the Thames police in the yeah. middle of the 1700s, I, think, I don't think they were really equipped to to really kind of measure the ice and make sure that where people were walking, it was safe. Um, but we'll come to that in a moment. Um, I just want to talk about a couple of notable frost fairs. So the first fair that was actually termed the frost fair, because we know that the Thames froze over in 695 AD or around that time, but it wasn't termed a frost fair. We know that it froze over for six weeks and people got on the ice. 
but it was in 1608 when we had the first proper frost fair and there was a pamphlet which uh, <laughs> lovely pamphlet, uh, which is basically a conversation between a gentleman that lives in the countryside and a gentleman that lives in London. And in this pamphlet, they're talking about how they are coping with the cold. Right. And it's quite nice because the Londoner details how he had this strange, unusual experience where he was on the ice on the River Thames and he was being shaved. So he was... <laughs> Having a shave, being shaved in the middle of the frozen Thames. Totally normal. Yeah, totally normal. Um, And then, as I've mentioned before, in 1683 to 1684, where the seas were frozen solid, this was quite a notable one. It was known as the Blanket Fair because you just had this blanket of snow absolutely everywhere. And John Evelyn writes an account, which is a little bit more of a kind of an exciting account and tells us about what was happening on the ice at the time. And he writes, coaches piled from Westminster to Temple and from several other stairs to and fro. As in the streets, sleds sliding with skittles, a bull baiting, horse and coach races, puppet plays and interludes. It seemed to be a triumph or carnival on the water. Wow. But they've got the bull baiting and and things like that down there. Yeah. Amazing. And, you know, from London Bridge to Blackfriars... It's it's not a a huge area, is it, really? I mean... Half a mile, maybe? Mm, yeah, that. about that. Yeah, I would say. Um, and kings and queens during the time, whenever the frost fairs were happening, um, would go down. Uh, King Charles reportedly enjoying a spit-roasted ox at Fantastic. the fair. <laughs> he clearly had a bit of a bit of fun there, didn't he? <laughs> he did, he did. Had a um, around 17, to, you know. Yeah. In 1716, um, it... The fair that was noted down talks about there was activities such as nine pins I've mentioned, eating mut- uh, eating mutton, and also eating a lot of gingerbread. And gingerbread is something else that you can find in the Museum of London. Yeah. There is a, an a astonishing piece. It's quite big as well. Piece of gingerbread from the last fair of 1814. Amazing, it's still got that. It's this massive hunk, isn't it? And I think mm. it's written on the envelope that my dad bought this at the 1814 fair or something like that. Mm. And it's quite well preserved. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, really. God, goodness knows how that was preserved because, you know. Yeah. Wouldn't, yeah, yeah, wouldn't yeah. be preserved in my house, I can tell you that much. No, no, same. <laughs> um, and I was reading how there was a, a food historian called Ivan Day who has tried to replicate uh, the cooking techniques that would have happened upon the Thames. And he said that it would have taken about 24 hours to roast, uh, roast an animal in front of a fire. And again, like you were saying, you know, the idea of having heat on the ice to roast it for 24 hours, you mm. would think that area where it was situated would eventually start to melt and go down. But yeah. apparently it was safe. Um, and one animal would have served 800 people. Yeah, and it was served in slices and also in mince pies. Oh, right. So actual mince. Actual mince, reminding us that mince pies were not sweet at all. They were 100% savoury back in the day. Um, Now, drink was a big thing that brought people to the Frostic London. 
Yep. So tea, coffee, hot chocolate. But alcohol was really the thing that people got excited about. And when <laughs> Nothing's you, changed. No. <laughs> and when you purchase gingerbread, the vendors would also give you a cup of gin. Ah, I like would it. Would you drink just gin? Yes, I have drunk just gin. <laughs> <laughs> have you? I guess if it's because you like the flavoured gins, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I have to say my, my choice of, of gin would be with a, a tonic, but I have, you know, more for, for, for I guess, tasting of, of, of gins. I've, I've drunk uh, neat gin, but it, yeah, but I think gin back then was slightly, well, it was a lot more um, rustic, I think, as well. Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, they used to say it was like um, paint stripper something similar i reckon yeah oh gosh <laughs> but you'd need that you'd need that to to warm the cockles when I you're think on you the probably ice would. yeah that's how they're going to be dealing with the, the cold isn't it just yeah get your liver to keep you warm yeah exactly um so there was a particular gym which was called old tom which was um very uh pungent shall we say um and there was also a drink called pearl which is p-u-r-l which was a mix of gin and wormwood wine and apparently a couple of glasses of this would have had you face down in the ice uh, which is written in a very kind of like that's what you want (laughs) (laughs) if you're not face down in the ice by 4 (laughs) p.m you're not doing it right (laughs) there was also a beer called mum M-U-M, called Mum, which was apparently very spiky. It had lots of spices. It was a little bit, I guess, like mulled wine or glog. And that would have been um, something that was very popular. Many people wanted wanted a pint of mum. Well, you know, it's ways of keeping yourself warm, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. Now, we were talking about dangers. Yes. So, in 1739, during the fair of 1739, there was a whole huge section of ice that gave way and swallowed up so many tents. Oh, my goodness. Lots of little businesses as well as people. Um, and I, I guess if, you know, if that was to happen, it, I mean, it would put me off. You know, if you suddenly <laughs> see that people are plunging into the water, yeah, I didn't, I didn't uh, find any information about how people reacted and if suddenly that was the end, or if people continued. But um, that's a bit I mean, scary, isn't it? Yeah, that is a bit. And, and do we know how many people were killed at that? No, no, I couldn't find. Just says, mm. uh, just says people. Gosh. Um, and also uh, another tragedy. Where And this kind of tells us that the River Thames, you know, although it was thick enough from London Bridge to Blackfriars that people would have got on, it still was very icy around other parts of the river mm-hmm. because um, there was a tragedy in 1789 where there was a boat that was moored up to the side of a pub along Rotherhive. Uh, okay, so, uh, so to the east of London Bridge, so not in the... In the frost fair section, then. exactly, yeah, yeah, to the east, um, where it was kind of bunched up in the ice, and it would have been really strange actually because you would have had so many boats in the Thames, and as soon as it froze over, the boats kind of became uh, a theatre stage, or they became a place where people could sell their belongings yeah. and different things. Um, so this particular boat, it was moored up to a, a riverside pub in Rotherhive, and the ice around it started to melt, and the boat brought down the whole entire pub oh my goodness and yes and there were five people in the pub sleeping at the time who sadly were killed during this time 
Oh, yes. And, and I think the reason that it brought down the pub, um, slightly random, they'd asked to moor it um, by bringing the anchor into the actual pub and putting it in the cellar. They obviously thought that would be fine. And then when the ice melted and the boat moved, it, it pulled the whole house down. Oh, God. Wouldn't make that mistake twice, would you? Blimey. No, you would not. No, you wouldn't. Um, so, and as we were saying, you know, there were no police. It was really the watermen who usually had a job of taking people from one side of the river to the other um, in little boats. They were the ones who kind of kept an eye on things. Mm. And I guess really had to, to listen out because if you hear any, any cracking, any kind of ominous sounds of ice breaking, then you had to quickly tell people to to get off. Yeah, because those guys are going to be the ones who who know almost forensically the, the nature of the river, aren't they? Mm, mm, um, very gosh. true. And it was also their responsibility to break up fights because I think there would be quite a few fisticuffs after too many pints of mum. Charles trying to King Charles trying to get uh, get stuck into the uh, the roast ox and people fighting yeah. for it. <laughs> No, I don't want it in a mince pie. I want the whole head. Um, now, the last frost fair, the last mm. frost fair we know was in 1814. Now, by this time, you know, newspapers had reported the experience. And, you know, if you were living at a time where maybe, you know, 30 years back, there was a frost fair, you didn't go to it, but your parents told you about it. And it was such a spectacle. Suddenly in 1814, it's really, really cold. And they say that it was below freezing every night from the end of December up until the 7th of February. So there was a huge chance that the Thames was going to freeze over. So conversations started in the, in the London streets about the potential for a frost fair. So it would have been so exciting so lots of newspapers reported it, that the frost fair was happening. Um, but of course, nobody thought that it would have been the last ever one. And I'll talk about why it was the last one in a moment. Um, but this one, it was the largest. It said that there were thousands of people turning up every single day. Wow. And there was even an elephant. <laughs> An elephant that was um, kind oh, you've of got to be sure of your foundations there, haven't you? Well, that's it. You know, I mean, if there's anything that's going to prove to you that the ice is strong enough for you to get on it, it's going to be seeing an elephant walking along it. Um, and this is where the gingerbread was sold as well, which can now be found in the Museum of London. Mm. Wow. So um, the reason why the the frost fair stopped is pretty much because London Bridge was taken down in 1831 and it was those arches underneath the bridge that really slowed the river down Mm. and you know you were talking Alex I think it was probably about a month ago now you were talking about underground rivers and Mm. talking about that fabulous man Joseph Bazalgette um, who Yeah, absolute legend who <laughs> designed and created the new sewage system and also put in the embankments on either side of the river, yeah. which um, certainly stopped the river from flowing as quickly as, or as slowly, should I say, as slowly as it did. So that was the last time that we had the frost fair. However, in the right. 1950s, it did freeze a little oh. bit. You know, you saw a little bit of ice on the top, mm. but certainly not enough for an ice fair. Right. Okay. 
Interesting. So do we think it'll ever freeze again? Possibly? Gosh, can you imagine? I mean, it would be well, so weird. Given global warming, I can't imagine that happening I can't anytime imagine soon, it. really. No, but, no, um, no. It I would be weird. It'd be, so. I mean, it'd be amazing to see, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I love that sort of thing of seeing a city that you know really well in a very different light and sort of, you know, finding something new that you know, you know, you think, you think you know London, you think you've experienced everything and then London always surprises you with something else. And that would be pretty amazing whether or not they'd let us get on the ice this time i suspect health and safety would be a, oh, a big health no and but... safety no way no no it way. would be wonderful wouldn't it oh it would be but i urge people to have a little look online and try and find some pictures of the frost fairs because you've got these beautiful little drawings and you can see people kind of pulling at boats you can see people trying to warm themselves in the little tents it's amazing you can really kind of tell the excitement and that would be one of the things that in my magical time machine, if I could go back and experience mm. anything, that would be one of the things I'd want to go yeah. and Yeah, can you imagine if we were able really? to do that? You and me just walking. <laughs> Tootling off through time. <laughs> Hi, do you mind if we interview you? <laughs> How's your gingerbread this year? <laughs> oh, it would be wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Thank you so much, Emily. What a great... Oh, uh, no worries. A great, I love that, you know, it was also wonderfully festive. Uh, for this time of year yeah um, yeah because we do have ice skating rinks all around london usually don't we we do we do well actually we do have greenwich this year at hampton court but those are the only two uh, yeah um yeah. but yeah I, oh, that's so fabulous thank you so much mm. oh you're welcome look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Podcast pedestal. So, we need to pick our podcast pedestal toppers for this week, then. Yes. Oh. I always forget, and I've had, obviously, <laughs> all week to think of one that actually might... And I always enjoy the story so much I get to the end and then I'm like, oh, goodness, I've got to pick one. Mm. So, yeah, what do we think? So I think I'm going to go for the elephant. Oh, and the last frost fair. Yes, the elephant walking along the ice because, yeah, as you say, it was the last frost fair and I think an elephant kind of drums up the drama and the, the excitement of the fair. And it also tells people as well that the ice is strong enough to hold yeah. an elephant and hold people. Yeah, I'm going to go for the elephants. Nelly. Fab. All right. Um, I think that's a great one, actually, because I, like, I do love that idea of this elephant, you know, sort of seeing this elephant on the ice. I think it's fantastic. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm in two minds about what to go for. I'm thinking I might go for the arches of London Bridge because that's what really sort of helped the fair um you know well the, the Thames freeze really but I did go for London Bridge two weeks ago and I feel like that's wildly uncreative um so actually I think I'm going to change my mind and go Ooh. for um I think I'm going to go for King Charles uh his visit to the Frost Fair oh, okay because for me you know it, I think it, it just shows how much it's not just like a little local fair Mm -hmm. it's not just this tiny little thing that the locals are doing it's such a big deal that the king is up for coming down to it and even you know we know that the monarchs are not big fans of mingling 
with the hoi polloi um, mm-hmm. but the kings decided to come down and experience what uh, the normal folk are doing and the fact that he went and got a souvenir ticket as well i think it's yes, brilliant very true very so i think true. i'm gonna go for king charles's souvenir ticket okay fabulous because for me that sort of epitomizes the fair you've got everybody doing that and even the king's doing that because that's what you do yeah okay so that's what i'm gonna go for so the ticket yeah the king's ticket. great the king's, the king's ticket. ticket the king's souvenir ticket yeah that's a good one that's a good one yeah. but um Let's see. I think we've got some elephant fans out there, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, they're all over the elephants now. It's yeah. all about the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, everyone loves a souvenir. Yeah, you're like, you know, you had pocket tickets, pocket litter. Yeah, I like a pocket. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? So there we go. So if you would like to vote, you can uh, vote on the Instagram polls that we're going to put up probably on Sunday. Yeah. But you can also email us, uh, ladieswholondon at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to, that's absolutely fine. If you want to put your vote in uh, via email, if you're not really an Instagram person. Um, but come and let us know. We love having your votes in. It makes a big difference and it makes... <laughs> it makes emily really anxious <laughs> every week it does she's every time lose. we start this i'm like oh god before we do the podcast Ooh. she's like oh have you counted them up oh i'm not feeling it this week every week <laughs> every, every week. week but this week this week you made it this Yay. week i made it not next week because it's going to go uh for the king's ticket but hey. no I'm, I'm sorry but i'm feeling pretty good about the elephant <laughs> yeah i think you might have a good chance there never mind <laughs> hey ho there we go right well before we um have a little chat about next week uh what have you got coming up that people can enjoy uh festively so i had my last virtual tour of the year yesterday which is my festive tour um but in the new year i'm going to be launching some virtual tours and also some walking tours um to do with theatre and also to do with you won't believe this but macabre london surely not (laughs) get out of town yes (laughs) um but no, nothing from me until next year now. Right, so. Well, what about I, yourself? I've got um, a live virtual yes, Christmas lights yes. tour because we are in tier three now. So I've decided to, to cancel most of my um, remaining tours. I do actually, I'm going to keep my um, Harry Potter tour, uh, which is the Harry Potter location, film locations tour, which is on the 21st of December in the morning. So I've picked a spot that's going to be nice and, and quiet uh, but on the 22nd of december i am doing a live christmas um vir- uh, christmas lights virtual tour so this means that you will be snug at home watching on zoom and i will be out in the cold streets <laughs> wandering around <laughs> and showing you some of london's best illuminations with a bit of history and stuff as well and if you can't watch live don't panic because you, there is an option when you book to tick a box saying if you're watching live or if you're going to be watching afterwards and if you're watching after i will send you a link so you can watch in your own time it's only 10 pounds per person if you're on my uh, mailing list it's eight pounds per person um yeah but it's going to be a little way of getting some festive cheer into your front room while we can't really get out and about quite so much so come and join us it's going to be fun sounds great yay yay and we've decided not to spin the wheel this week are you okay about that I like it, to be honest, I've been spinning it every day since we last met. So <laughs> my boyfriend's like, for God's sake, put the wheel down. <laughs> Stop hugging the wheel. Stop taking the wheel to bed. <laughs> I mean, he's very understanding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So why are we not um, doing the wheel this week then? Well, because, you know, it's Christmas next it's week. Christmas. So 
it, we're only two days away from Christmas when we do our podcast next week. So yep. I think it would be a good idea to do something Christmassy. Yeah, we're going to do some festive stuff for you. And it's going to be essentially the sort of 12 days of London Christmas. It's going to be about some of the fun stuff that happens in London over Christmas, some of the traditions, some of the, uh, uh, the exciting things, bits and pieces you may not know. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to keep it festive. And then the week after, uh, which will be the week of the 29th, I think, uh, we're not going to do a podcast that week because we're all sort of, um, you know, in that interim between Christmas and New Year. And so we'll be picking it back up again in the New Year. So we're going to have a week off to just chill and relax and we'll be back uh, in the, in the, at the start of the week. So come and join and, us next um, week. And you're going to sing next week, aren't you? You're going to do the 12 days of Christmas for us. Yes, I'm going to sing and it's going to last <laughs> three hours. Um, we're all going to join in and my five gold rings, uh, each one of those takes about 10 minutes just to get through the five gold <laughs> rings bit. Yeah, so, so you can have that to look forward to. <laughs> but there we go. So that is it from us for this week. Thank you so much for joining in. Thank you, everybody. Please like and subscribe. Please send us messages. Um, remember also to vote on the Instagram poll and just let us know what you're up to for Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We will see you next week for some festive London fun. Bye, guys. Bye.